Hey everybody and welcome back to the newest edition of the Swoop Radio Station here. It's your boy, Josh Sanchez. And what a weekend has it been for the college basketball world. Obviously, we all know the Final Four is taking place. Oh, it took place this past weekend. You have Texas Tech and Virginia advancing to the national title game, which will be played tonight. But um, who do you got? Do you got Virginia or do you got Texas Tech? I don't know how I really feel about this game. I really think Michigan State and Auburn, if those two teams would have played, I think we would have had an electric game. But in this game, defense is going to be a premium. This might be first team to 60 points wins the national title. Uh, but Virginia defeated Auburn 63 to 62. That game was the craziest out of the two. Um, from a missed double dribble call to a questionable foul call at the end of the game, it literally came down to guy to a guy hitting three free throws to put Virginia to their to their first ever national title game. Same for te- Texas Tech; it is their first ever national title game. So. We're gonna we're gonna see a first timer, which I'm excited about. I'm I'm always here for a new champion, but I I believe that Auburn got robbed. I think the foul could the foul should have been called because you got to give the shooter a space to land. That's definitely a point of emphasis in the college game and and in the NBA game. But I know there was also a similar play that Auburn it happened to an Auburn player, and there was no call foul called. So you if you're gonna call it, you got to be consistent with it. So that's the only questionable thing I have uh, with uh, the referees in that one, in, in that game. But the main call that the referees really blew was a double dribble. And for those who have not seen that double dribble, I think it was absolutely pathetic that the referees missed that call. It literally bounced off of the player's leg, his own leg, and he picked the ball back up with two hands. That's a double dribble, and it should have been Auburn ball game over. But Guy hit a clutch three. Uh, yes, his name is Guy. Uh, he hit a clutch three to, to put the game to one because Auburn was up by four with like five seconds left. Guy hit a quick three. Now they're down one. Auburn gets the ball. Um, they they uh, they missed the free throw. But anyway, e- e- either either way though, uh, Virginia st- and then Virginia has a chance to tie the game or to win the game, and they miss a double dribble. Then they call a foul because Auburn had a foul to give. And then Guy shoots a three-pointer and gets fouled as he shoots a three and hits all three free throws. And Virginia defeats Auburn 63-62. to God, Jerome had 21 points for Virginia. For Auburn, the leading score was Doughty. He had 13 points. So, moving on to the next game. You have Texas Tech and Michigan State. Texas Tech's defense is really on display they really clamped down Michigan State. They Michigan State had the advantage down low going into the game. But Texas Tech, what they did was they doubled down low and they constantly switched off the ball. And every screen that was set, they switched, which made it very hard for Michigan State to read that and play that. But Mooney led all scorers for Texas Tech with 22 points. And for Michigan State, Winston led the team with 16 points, but he shot four of 16 from the field, two of eight from three. The Texas Tech defense held Michigan State to 31% shooting from two and 29% shooting from three. That is championship elite level defense right there. 
And I honestly think whoever has who who do you think has the advantage in the game? I think Texas Tech should be the favorite in this game. Their defense has been one of the best in college basketball. They've only allowed 70 points in three games this year, three or four games this year. Um, the the Red Raiders are here. They're legit. It's their first ever title game, and they are going they're going to be Swoop Radio's prediction for tonight. I think Texas Tech is going to win this game, 65 to 65 to 60 I think that the Michigan State uh, team uh, not Michigan State I think that Virginia is going to put up 60 points I think Texas Tech is going to put up 65 points I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring than what everyone anticipates but this Texas Tech defense is legit and and Virginia better find out fast how to stop this this team or else it's going to be a long day for for Virginia Virginia's defense is very good as well, and don't get me wrong, but what Texas Tech is doing is what is what Villanova did last year, switching on everything, and they're doubling down low, which is making it very hard to score inside. If you're going to beat the team, you're going to beat them by shooting the three ball. So Virginia is going to need to have lethal shooting in the championship game, and they have the pieces. Virginia does have the pieces. Jerome's a good shooter. Uh, Guy's a good shooter. So Virginia has the pieces to shoot the ball and space the floor. But I think this Red Raider defense will be too much for them. So 65 to 60, Texas Tech over Virginia. What do you guys think? Feel free to call into the station and voice your opinion. You can check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on the Anchor app. All I have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. This is the sporting topic of the day. Stick around. I will transition to my mental health topic of the day but you are listening to swoop radio with your boy josh sanchez hey everyone welcome back to the second topic of today swoop radio with josh sanchez i know i said i'm going to do a mental health topic but i'm going to transition into mental health after I do one more sporting topic because obviously the women's national championship game took place last night and Baylor defeated Notre Dame 82 to 81. It literally came down to a missed free throw. That's how good the game was from start to finish. Baylor only lost one game this whole season. They went 37 and one, whereas Notre Dame, they went 35 and four for the season. But this game was Nick was like perfect, like Nick for Nack. Um, Baylor jumped off to a 25-14 lead after the first quarter and was up by 12 at halftime, but Notre Dame slowly kept coming back. They outscored Baylor by one point in the third quarter and then then outscored Baylor by 10 points in the fourth quarter. So it looked like Notre Dame had the momentum if the game would have went into the overtime because Baylor dominated in the first half, but then Notre Dame was creeping up and coming back. But again, a missed free throw in in the final seconds cost a national title for Notre Dame but this was probably one of the best national title games in a while Um, and I know for the women's game they need to have a lot more publicity especially in women's basketball because that's a growing and -and up-and-coming field as well Um, you have you have a lot of stars like Brittany Griner uh, Elena Deldon and others uh, Maya Moore they're all in the WNBA but they all come from the college game and 
and ESPN needs to do a little bit better job of promoting the games, but the championship game was perfect from start to finish. Jackson hit a go-ahead layup with 3.9 seconds left in the game, but again, Baylor is your national title, and they have not won since Brittany Griner, I believe. Yeah, because Connecticut has been on fire. Literally, I know Connecticut went to their 12th straight Final Four, even though they were a two-seed this year. This year, like they were not as strong as they usually are. So it's kind of surprising to see uh, Connecticut not be as good or not even be in the title game for once. But transitioning to the professional basketball in NBA, um, the standings are out. Every team usually has like one or two games left remaining in the schedule. Uh, April 10th, this Wednesday, is the official last day of the regular season in basketball. And we all know it is Swoop Radio's favorite time of the year. Um, the Bucks they defeated the Hawks, so now they got the one seed. In Eastern Conference, seeding goes number one, you have Milwaukee. They're solidified number one. They're Toronto Raptors. They're solidified number two. The Celtics lost to the Magic last night, so the Magic clinched the playoff spot, and the Nets clinched the playoff spot. But Boston now is solidified as the four seed. The Sixers are the three seed. So the Sixers don't even have to try these next two games because of the loss from Boston. So now the Sixers are three, Boston's four, the Pacers are five, and then six through six through nine is a toss-up. The top eight make the playoffs. Um, the Detroit Pistons have lost four straight games. Blake Griffin has been playing awful during those games, and the team has really been struggling uh, when 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 they really need them most. But luckily for them, the uh, the Hornets are still a game back. The Charlotte Hornets, despite the Pistons being being below 500 right now. Uh, they all, they take they have an easy they have a light schedule though. Uh, they play the Cavaliers, so that's it. That should be an easy win for the Pistons. But the Heat lost to the Raptors. The Heat, um, the the Heat are trying to make the playoffs as well. But back to seeding. The Nets right now are the six seed. The Magic are the seven seed, but they have the same record. So you're not going to know the Sixers and the Raptors are not going to know who they're going to play until pretty much like the final day of the regular season. If you're a Celtics fan, you already know who you're playing. You're, your guys are playing the Indiana Pacers, seven-game series. Should be a good one. But um, that is the Eastern Conference standings. And right now I'm going to stick with the Eastern Conference because this is a toss-up because literally this year you have the Bucks, like the top four seeds, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Raptors, and the Bucks all have – literally finals aspirations and it's going to be a very great it's going to be a great playoffs this year especially on the eastern conference side because again you have the top four teams just literally just like like yeah like they're like the dominant teams but now obviously we know in the western conference the warriors they clinched the number one seed last night when they defeated the clippers so the warriors are the one seed denver is the two seed but they're only a half game ahead of Houston so watch out folks who knows could Denver lose the two seed but literally two through eight there's a seven game separation so the Warriors they got the one seed again what's new same old same old for the Warriors number one seed Denver has number two but they're only half game up from Houston Houston's only a game and a half up from Portland but with two games left we all know that Houston's pretty much going to be the three. So two and three are battling it out. You have Portland at four. You have Utah at five. Oklahoma City 
at six. Seven, you have the Spurs, and eight, you have the Clippers. So right now, if the season ended, the Warriors would take on the Clippers, the Nuggets would take on the Spurs, the Rockets would take on the Thunder, and the Trailblazers would take on the Jazz. So those are your little playoff previews. Um, what do you guys think? How do you guys think about the playoffs coming up? It's coming up, folks. Wednesday is officially the last game. The first round will start this weekend. So as an NBA fan, I'm excited. I can't wait. But you're listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on the Anchor app. All I have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Stick around. I will also do a mental health topic of today. But um, have a good one, guys. This is Josh signing off. Hey everyone and welcome back to the mental health topic of today's Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Earlier I talked about sports, I talked about the Final Four, I also talked about the Women's National Championship game, but now I'm going to transition to Swoop Radio's mental health topic. And for this mental health topic, it's how to identify if your child has a mental illness. This is a very important topic because obviously we all know that more and more children nowadays are starting to get diagnosed with mental health disorders early because of of signs. I know, for example, my little brother, he was diagnosed with ADHD because in class he was not able to concentrate and his teacher picked up on it. And it was actually, it, it turned out to be the truth because of his teacher understanding and reading how he was acting with his behavior and his mood that's how my little brother got on the right medicine and that's why his school and and he's still going to school today and he's almost done high school so that shows you if you're able to detect these things early it can definitely help a child's life in the long run but one of the examples is mood changes you have to look for feelings of sadness or withdrawal for at least two straight weeks at a time if the child is because everyone has bad days, but if the child is constantly, like, constantly not behaving well, constantly being upset, constantly unable, feel like unable to control their emotions, like one second they're cool, the next second they snap, and it's been like this for two straight weeks now. You have to, after it's been in like a two, three week period, it's time to say, all right, now this has been consistent behavior. What's going on? And as teachers, as parents in this world, you have to be able to detect these things in your child. Um, another thing, difficulty concentrating. If the child is hard, has a hard time with concentrating, again, not just for one day, but if it's it's been going for weeks at a period of time. Um, again, behavior changes, intense feelings, um, physical harm you have to look at every bumps and bruises of the child just observe everything take take the time to just read the child and actually take the time to understand the child and if you're seeing that the child is coming into your 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 place at with bruises or with bumps ask the questions because children will tell you that's one thing i will always say is is children will always be honest with you um now, sometimes if the child is very like, like, again, if the, be- the behavior has to be consistent for weeks. That is the biggest takeaway from, from this whole topic. If there's one thing to take away from what I'm saying is 
that the child's behavior has to be a repetitive behavior over and over and over again. You can't just assume, oh, a child has one bruise. Oh, he's been physically abused. Or you can't say, oh, the child's been acting sad today. Oh, he's he has depression. Like, no, you have to. Yeah, it's it's over. A, it's over a period of time and it takes weeks, if not if not even a month to truly of consistent behavior to get people to understand that. And to get people to read, okay, this is what's going on with my child. But obviously, the way how you can work with children that have a mental health disorder, um, you can help children just, again, staying calm, relaxed, consistently being there for the child. The child may lash back. The child might not appreciate what you're doing. But in the long run, if you're staying consistent with the person, with the child, and you're in your and you're just being there for the child the child needs someone to talk to you just listen to the child um you're constantly being positive for the child helping them out not giving them what they want but always being there for the child it'll go a very long way um in the child's life because trust me i know from personal experience like with my grandma like i never really um I, I never really had like a, she was like that one person that was really there for me. And in the long run, I just really appreciate everything that she's done for me. And that's what children will do in the long run once they grow up and realize all the impact that the caregiver has done for them. So as caregivers, be consistent, be honest. And I know if you hear bells in the background, I'm sorry, I am on i'm in my college campus and the bell rings literally every top of the hour so it is nine so you heard like nine to 18 rings but that's a side note but um yeah being that consistent caregiver and reading the child's behavior because a child might not recognize this uh, immediately but if you're able to realize his his or her behavior very early in their life and you're constantly there for them in the long run they will be your biggest supporters and they will always appreciate what you have done for them. But what do you guys think? Feel free to call into the station and voice your opinion. You can check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on the Anchor app. All you have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop. <laughs>